those are the companies that make it in the long run or those that have a mission beyond just the bottom line. Bottom line is very important and it's critical to all of our success, but it's not all there is. And that's what I'm you know, most proud about probably being a part of the Omron family and the change that I've seen over the years. Welcome everyone to the Operation Automation Podcast by Omron, where we're talking all things factory automation. My name is Kenny Heidel and I'm a channel development manager for some of our channel partners. I've been with Omron for three years now and have 12 years of combined factory and industrial automation experience. Sitting here with me is Carrie Lee. Hi everyone, I'm Carrie Lee. I'm the product manager for Sysmax Studio, NJ, NX Controllers, and NXIO. I've been with Omron for about two and a half years and have over 16 years of experience in automation. Carrie and I are neighbors at our Omron office and would often have conversations at the coffee machine or in the hallways where we would talk about Omron's products, new technologies and trends, and of course, the Chicago White Sox. We hope to recreate that time here on our podcast and share it with our listeners so you can learn along with us. So whether you're pouring yourself your first or fifth cup of coffee of the day, driving to your first appointment, or just walking the dog. We hope to help you start your day right with a little bit of fun, and hopefully you learn something new too. So Carrie, we got a very, very exciting guest today. Yes, we have the Veep, the Veep of marketing, Mark Sadie. So welcome, Mark. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. It's good to be with both of you. So um, I think we, it'd be a good way to start if you could give us a little bit about your background. Um, you've been at Omron quite a while. Sure. So, uh, Carrie, I have been with Omron for about 21 years now. And prior to that, I uh, worked in the field of automation with uh, a distributor, uh, end user account, even some OEM related activities. Uh, my degree uh, from college is in electrical engineering and uh, have worked primarily the past 20 years in sales at Omron. And made the transition to our marketing department uh, about a little over a year ago. Awesome. Um, so before we get into the the serious questions, typically we like to start off with some fun questions just to learn a little bit more about you. So one of the things we like to ask our guests is, you know, we've been in a pandemic and everybody's been ordering a lot of takeout. So what's been your go-to pandemic order? Uh, pizza. Always has been. <laughs> Nice. Always will be probably something that I have uh, just enjoyed very much over the years and continued uh, during this pandemic time as well. Now, now we don't want to start a fight, but <laughs> since we are a Chicago-based company, deep dish or thin crust? So I am like the traditional hand-tossed. I'm right in between. So okay. <laughs> I uh, play both sides maybe there a little bit. I love, I love the thin, I love the deep, but typically we go with the hand-tossed that's right in the middle. Nice, nice, good, good split. I'm a thin crust myself, Carrie. I'm, I'm going to guess deep dish. I'm going to say deep no, dish. Thin crust. No, thin crust. Give me uh, some Vito and Nick's on the south side, right? All right, here we go. <laughs> All right, Mark, the second very, very hard-hitting question. So if you have to get a lot of work done, uh, what's uh, what's a typical music choice that you select? You know, throw it on the headphones and just try to, to crush through whatever you have to do. 
Sure. So that's a, that's a good question, actually. Um, I'm kind of all over the place with my music. I am uh, kind of the old 60s and 70s type of rock fan. Okay. Um, so enjoy that very much. But then every once in a while, you'll find me putting on, you know, the soundtrack from Hamilton also, you know, so it's, I'm a little bit all over the place. But depending on the type of work and what mood I'm in, uh, it can be, you know, from that that rock era some mm -hmm. of that class, classic rock era to uh, some very contemporary, you know, kind of the Hamilton rap with a little bit of American history in there. Nice, nice. Awesome. So uh, when you're not slaving away at Omron, what are some of your uh, fun hobbies that you like to do away from work? Uh, so lately I have taken back up the game of golf. We are, mm -hmm. my wife and I are now empty nesters. Our kids are all out of the house, either in college or on their own working. So um, I think for many years, it was just invested. Our time was pretty much invested in a lot of different sports for the kids. And now uh, it's a little bit of time for us to relax. I do a lot of walking with my wife. and I do a lot of walking on the golf course whenever I get the chance. That's good COVID activity too, right? You can still get out and walk and golf and not worry about big crowds. Absolutely essential right now, I think, particularly as most of us are working from our home offices <laughs> and having meeting after meeting after meeting back to back. So it's uh, it is an absolute necessity to get out and you know morning, noon, and evening get out and walk a little bit around the neighborhood at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like they always say, right? A bad day on the golf course is always better than a good day in the office. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> I've used that a couple times. Nice. Well, you know, Mark, uh, we, we thought this would be a fantastic opportunity to kind of pick your brain on some some topics uh, related to Omron, but more related to our industry that are are happening today um, based on your experience. And one, you know, one thing we're we're interested to hear your feedback. You know, you mentioned that you'd been in sales for, for 20 years with Omron and now for a little bit over a year, you've come on over to marketing, whether you're in sales and your perspective, right? Maybe you went to the dark side, maybe you came to the light side with us <laughs> in marketing, right? Um, so what what has been something that you've kind of learned, maybe something that's been a little bit eye-opening for you coming to marketing from the from the sales side? Oh, that's a great question. And I, I think there's a few things. Maybe the first is, you know, you're never too old to keep acquiring knowledge, growing, uh, challenging yourself. You know, doing one thing for so many years, for me, it was very easy to get comfortable and settle down and settle into that role. And so joining the marketing ranks challenged me in ways I didn't expect. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot to learn. And, uh, you know, I'm seeing that my marketing education is growing rapidly and will continue, I think, for the next couple of years because there's just so much to know. And, uh, you know, but very similar to sales, I see that the success within marketing is keeping close to our customers and their needs. And when we focus on how we can positively impact the customer's experience working with Omron, we're doing the right thing. So you mentioned about the, you know, the light side or the dark side. <laughs> you know, it's the customer side of the business is the way I probably see it. And, sure. um, you know, learning a lot of those fundamentals too of marketing was just, it's an obvious first step for me, but it was really good. And then, you know, COVID has made us accelerate really our digital transformation rather quickly. So I've learned a lot about the digital customer experience Mm -hmm. uh, mapping customer journeys, uh, the digital marketing activities that we have. 
And uh, that, that's been very good. And then finally, I'll just say learning to work with a diverse group of people and adapting to very different personalities and skill sets has been fascinating. So not all salespeople are necessarily the same, but there's mm -hmm. definitely a large percentage within a few, you know, kind of personality profiles. And I've probably managed mostly in that realm for most of my career. Mm -hmm. And adapting to those new personalities has challenged me in a very positive way. And I've learned so much from different people, particularly those on the front lines. And fortunately, we have a very capable and gifted team. And the more time that I'm able to spend with them, uh, the more I discover. And unfortunately, with COVID, of course, this past year, there's just not been enough time for that one-on-one face-to-face -on -one interaction. That's probably one of my, the things I'm looking the most forward to in the future. Mm -hmm. I know I kind of remember, I feel like it was right about when you transitioned into marketing. And I remember we had our pizza party, like a mm -hmm. lunch pizza party, right? And imagine and you that can't, pizza party. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, now it makes that, sense. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but I remember you talking, you know, introducing yourself and coming, coming to work on the marketing side. And it was like, poof, then, then none of us have really seen each other in person in like over a year. <laughs> I, I remember that well. And I remember the, the comment about how much we wanted to be working in person together. We just didn't know what was uh, coming in the future for us, but we've adapted well. And, uh, you know, it's something that we've also all learned to, to make our way through. Mm-hmm. So, Mark, uh, digging in a little bit more, you mentioned you've worked with a lot of different personality types, both in sales and marketing. Um, I'd like to learn a, a little bit more of your view on how that's come from different generations, right? Multi-generational. Kenny and I had a podcast episode uh, previously where we talked about the aging workforce and the younger generations coming in and working together with millennials and Gen X and boomers. So um, would be interested to see how your experience has been with that and as well as what you've seen at customers. Absolutely. Uh, Carrie, that's a great question. And it can be a loaded question, too. Um, <laughs> you know, years ago, I think the differences were much stronger. Just from my own personal experience in the recent years, I've, I've seen a very collaborative environment between the different generations where both groups have learned some of the best qualities from one another and grown as a result. Um, I know just for my, me personally, I've learned a tremendous amount from the millennials. Um, things that you know I might not have been acquainted with or I might not have been comfortable doing, um, things I might have seen as impersonable or you know, impersonal or unproven in the past, um, like virtual events social media, you know, engagements, um, online activity. I mean, just even online shopping. I remember when I was like, I'll never shop online. But you know, <laughs> now I do so much of it online and I do it even with our local stores around us that are run by Gen Xers. So I think we've made a lot of a adjustments and that's just a couple examples, but there's many more. And then I've also seen it on the millennial side, you know, I think they've ad adapted as well. You know, some of the stereotypes might be that they're impersonal, Right. Um, mm -hmm. And I would say I've I've witnessed personally some of our team members and some of our communities where they're really starting to build back those personal relationships, you know, even if they are in the millennial generation. So there definitely is you know, still a, a gap, you know, but I think overall just focusing on that customer experience and, and we see it at the customers as well. We see a little bit of their buying habits probably um, from our customers. Um, some of the activities, you know, it's it's refreshing sometimes to see the millennials coming in and they're not so 
necessarily set in their ways of the mm -hmm. way they purchase and they're open to new ideas because they are always looking for the next best thing. Um, mm -hmm. So those are always refreshing to see. And but again, I wouldn't I don't want to discount the Gen Xers that they're not also adopting that as well. But, you know, honestly speaking, I'm not sure there are huge differences today at Omron between the generations. There's some differences without a doubt. Um, and I think the stereotypes that we've heard over the years, you know, are starting to fade a little bit. And I've learned that people are different regardless of what generation they're going <laughs> into. Um, you know, I think, our, I think our team at Omron, one of the best things about our organization is that we tend to focus on the individual versus the generational background. And we get to know our team members on a personal level. And that helps us adapt our style to lead our teams toward a common goal, to collaboration, and building up the team versus a, an individual again. Absolutely, absolutely. It's nice to hear that you're seeing the the good blend, right? That's what we're mm -hmm. we we've seen that too. And I've you know Carrie and I feel like we get lumped in with millennials, but we're like old millennials, right? <laughs> It's um, not a bad thing, right? I no, mean, being no, lumped in with right. millennials has a lot of, you know, really positive attributes as well. That is true. I probably know more things on my uh, my technology because I'm on that higher end of the millennial than potentially if I was a little bit older, might have taken me a little bit longer to to learn. Right. Absolutely. Um, kind of staying a little bit or shifting a little bit to the, the COVID topic, you know, you've seen obviously a lot of changes. We've seen changes over the year, um, uh, as a result of the pandemic based on those changes that you've seen, you know, in your opinion, what do you see maybe sticking around once we can hopefully get past this pandemic and get to some kind of, of back to normal? And, and do you see anything that's kind of just going to be pandemic centric? And once the pandemic's over, it kind of goes away. Sure. This is a really interesting topic. Um, I believe almost every company and probably individual is asking themselves on a regular basis. Um, you know, let me let me take a step back. Maybe first and foremost, I believe probably what I've witnessed first is the flexibility and determination of individuals and organizations during this time to find a way to not only survive, but thrive in many ways. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's made many people stronger and more resilient than ever. And, you know, as I look at the future, I think that we will all use those qualities in our future when we face challenges. So better problem solving, more confidence in tackling challenges. You know, just thinking back, boy, it's not as bad as the time, you know, the pandemic of COVID. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I absolutely see companies like ours and many of our customers continuing to work remote where possible. So, you know, that's mm -hmm. happened, I think, with most everybody. We've learned to work remotely. I see that continuing without a doubt. I see virtual activity. It's, you know, proven possible and even beneficial. So I completely believe that we'll continue to see virtual activity, whether it's webinars, events, trainings, whatever the case might be, we'll, we'll see that continue. But then I'm also going to say on the other side of this, I realize that many parts of the world and just humanity, people are yearning for that, you know, personal touch, that face-to-face -face mm -hmm. interaction. So what I think will, you know, continue or, or maybe, maybe change a little bit, the face-to-face -face is going to continue, but I think it will be more purposeful 
and you'll have more intentional engagements between you know people face to face when they get together and i think mm -hmm. we'll also see kind of finally more companies continue to invest heavily and accelerate their digital transformation and self-service capabilities. I think that's absolutely necessary as we're really have accelerated what we knew was coming already down the road. I think the pandemic just accelerated that for us. So we'll start to see those investments and strategies forming quicker maybe than we have in the past. I like that point. Um, and it's something that I haven't uh, haven't really thought about, but that's a, that's a great point, Mark, when you talk about how our social interactions are going to change to be a lot more intentional. Like just, I, I think the way you sound, said that really resonated with me. It's like, yeah, you know, you know, in the past, like if you were getting together with, with friends or colleagues, right. We probably took it mostly for granted. Right. You know, it's like, all right, we'll have another team meeting. We'll have another, you know, uh, event or, or, or hang out with your friends. Right. But now that we've been so separated for so long, like when you get together with people now, I completely agree. I think, People are going to be much more intentional about being present, being in that moment, and 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 really enjoying that time, and not not necessarily not that we took everything for granted, but they think there's some things we did take for granted. Absolutely, I agree with that. So you're saying the next two hour meeting, you're going to be grateful when we're back in the office, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're most looking forward to. It will be to? a very purposeful meeting, Carrie. Yeah. Trust me. Every minute will be filled with excitement and energy and purpose. <laughs> On the edge of your seat. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned that you think that the pandemic has really accelerated things. Um, and I couldn't agree more, especially just on taking advantage of technology that has existed, right? It's specifically our industry tends to kind of be slow to adopt some of the some of the new technologies that may have been more quickly adapted in, you know, consumer business. So I guess what do you see has been the way that the industry has changed in the last 20 plus years of your career as opposed in addition to what happened in the last year with the pandemic? Oh, absolutely. So um you know, when you think about what's changed, you know, just within Omron, I, you know, being with the company for, as I, as I shared earlier, 20 plus years, certainly seen a lot of change. Um, and in the industry as a whole, even, you know, for many more years. But let me start kind of by saying what's not changed with Omron. Um, you know, that's our mission. That's our commitment, you know, remains the same to our principles. And that's really about improving lives and contributing to a better society. And, and I think it's important just to mention that during these times, because that has been our focus. That was kind of when there were so many questions of what's going to happen this past year. And in the past 20 years, when there's just some really challenging times, we have a bedrock set of principles that kind of lead us. It's our North Star. And I think that is so critical for organizations and, and Omron is one of the strongest in that regard because we really live that out. So I think it's just important to note what hasn't changed. But, you know, let me go back to maybe what has changed a little bit with Omron. You know, when I started, we were a company heavily influenced by the culture of our corporate headquarters. Um, and we've transformed gradually over the years to be more and more global and more and more collaborative. Uh, we have drastically expanded our technology and solutions over the years. And as part of that expansion of those technologies, you know, it's been 
really about focusing on our customers' needs and the feedback that we've received over the years. So listening to that customer over the many years. In our industry, it's easy to be focused on specific products and features. And we've started to, you know, I think over the years, transform to focus more on what are the solutions for the customers and what are the benefits for them versus, hey, this is faster, this is smaller, this is takes up less space or gives you this. Let's talk in the term of the customer's needs as a whole. You know, when we look at the industry as a whole, we've seen substantial growth over the years in automation. And automation is, I think, it's almost adopted very easily and, and naturally today. It wasn't always that way. And mm -hmm. in many ways, it's seen as an absolute necessity in our world. And I believe Omron's been a driving force in the realization of Omron being more than just you know, increasing your bottom line, your throughput, your better efficiencies. Omron's been, you know, really, as we talked about, we've helped them see society's adoption of automation along the lines of the mission of how do we improve lives? How do we contribute to a better community? And that's, you know, through safety, ergonomics, health and well-being. So those are some of the focuses that we've had. And those are some of the changes that I've started to note as well as those are the companies that make it in the long run or those that have a mission beyond just the bottom line. Bottom line is very important and it's critical to all of our success, but it's not all there is. And that's what I'm you know, most proud about probably being a part of the Omron family and the change that I've seen over the years. Do you think that that ethos is part of why there's so many people who have really had very long careers here? It doesn't seem like many people leave Omron. That's a very good question. It's absolutely something I see. I mean, just personally, from my own experience, and I think many of us, right, we always have opportunities come along one way or the other, people contacting you, and it's easy for me to, you know, ignore or send a quick message. Hey, I really am very happy where I am today and what I'm doing, and I lay my head on my pillow at night and sleep very easily knowing what we've accomplished and what our what we're, our mission is as a whole. So, and so, you know, 20 plus for me, um, and that's after making a few moves in the past at, from good companies too, not bad companies. I worked at very good companies in the past. I've never seen quite an organization like this at Omron where people live out their values so transparently. Yeah, I mean, I, I've only been here, you know, two and a half years. And it's definitely something I personally have noticed. So it's interesting to hear you put it in a much better phrasing than I ever could have. <laughs> right, right. I, I completely agree. It's been nothing, uh, nothing but fun and, and, you know, interesting challenges. Right. And I feel like that's, uh, that's one of the really cool things about what, what Omron gives us the opportunity to do. Uh, so Mark, you put, very fabulous comments together about, about Omron and how it's changed. I'm curious to hear, you know, what's your vision for Omron for the next five years? You know, where do you see us going? What's something that you kind of see us driving to that you think is really going to make a, a difference uh, along those lines of what we're, what we're trying to do? That's another good question. I think there's always a lot of things we talk about wanting to do in the coming years. And, you know, we've probably got a list like anybody, you know, of, of 30 or 40 items, but we've got to mm -hmm. focus on a couple, you know, maybe mm -hmm. one or two to really be effective. That's one thing I've learned. And so 
if I were to focus in two main areas, it's probably some of the you know topics we've talked a little bit about. First and foremost, continuing our efforts to focus on the customer and improve their experience in dealing with Omron. So we will make strategic investments down the road specifically for that. We'll do continued voice of customer surveys, face-to-face -face interactions. We'll visit their operations. We want to we want to be at you know the table with them. We want to be on the factory floor with them. We want to roll up our sleeves and be right beside and learning and understanding and and just having a very intimate relationship that we are you know more than partners. We're almost family. You know, I think mm -hmm. of Omron as a family, and I I think of our customers and as an extension of that because mm -hmm. what we provide them ultimately they're providing to the rest of the world. And so, you know, that focus on our customers, when I think about five years from now, I hope that intimacy is at a, uh, just a profound level throughout our organization. And then secondly, you know, we're committed to an industry strategy that we set forth really about five years ago, mm -hmm. where, you know, again, it was focused on the customers, but it was focused in certain industries where we felt we had the best ability to help tackle their issues. And some industries that are serving society and serving our communities in the best ways. Um, so we, if we continue our efforts focused around solutions in those industries, you know, we have experienced great growth in the Americas over the past five years. Aside mm -hmm. from kind of the flattening out of this past year of COVID, um, we had some really nice growth over the past five years. And I completely expect as we look at you know, the next five years, Omron across the Americas, particularly being a, you know, one of the major, if not the major player in automation across the board. And, and that's only going to come when we really understand uh, the customer better and their needs, and we're responding directly to those. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that customer focus is that you know i've the one thing that i always think about with with omron too is some of the first customer visits that i went on with omron and you you travel to different areas and customers could be all different shapes and sizes right but some of the things that they're innovating uh these different engineers it's just amazing how how customers are using omron products so i think really understanding that definitely paves the way for for a great, great future for Omar. It's, it's literally the words of our founder, the thrill of creation, you know, mm -hmm. and it is, you're right. Our customers, they are amazing in some of the things they do. And it is fascinating to see the in, innovation and ingenuity with which, um, you know, the human spirit just thrives and, uh, and develops and creates. And uh, that's, that's one of the best things about working at Omron also. Well, Mark, we've uh, we've had a fantastic conversation, but we would uh, we would be remiss if we let you go without having to answer any trivia questions, uh, because it's become a tradition here on the Operation Automation podcast. So, I believe in our uh, our previous discussions, you had mentioned that you were a big Auburn fan, right? Absolutely, it's uh, my alma mater, and love the school and uh, everything that the the school stands for as well. So, and uh, someone that's near and dear to to carry in my hearts <laughs> is uh, an Auburn <laughs> alum as well, Frank Thomas. Uh, Indeed, yes, the big so, heart. 
the big hurt. One of the best uh, best White Sox, especially in our generation, if not all time, right? Um, so I have two two questions for you with Frank Thomas as the theme. The first one I think is uh, is an easy one, but we'll we'll see we'll see. Um, what different sport did Frank Thomas play in college? Oh wow! So so Frank was a great tight end at Auburn. Yep. Uh, actually came on. <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, he he wasn't he was only a few years ahead of me actually. So he came on scholarship oh, cool. actually for football, mm-hmm. and I think he had an injury or something along the way, as the story goes. But anyway, yeah, he he came on as a football player originally, and and I think Pat Dye, the coach at the time, actually uh, allowed him to play football. That's one of the reasons he came to or came, allowed him to play baseball also, mm-hmm. and that's one of the mm-hmm. reasons he went there and. I think he may have stayed on football scholarship if I'm from the story, the way the stories go. So anyway, he stayed on football scholarship, even though he injured himself and ended up finishing his career out playing baseball. Absolutely correct. I uh, see. I didn't even have like, that wasn't even a hard one for you. Well, that's a, like that, that. His story is so well known. As you said, he's a, he's a very famous Chicago White Sox. Mm-hmm. He is an absolutely very famous Auburn Tiger as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, so this one is a little bit more challenging, but I do have, this one will be multiple choice. So in the spirit of moving to baseball, how many home runs did Frank Thomas finish his career with? A, 600, B, 450, C, 521, D, 480. So I know he hit the 500 club. Um, I don't, I don't think, I don't know that he hit his, the 600 club. So I'm going to go the 521. Um, and, and I, and he's really a good hitter too. I mean, he's in the hall of fame, so I know he had a really good lifetime average as well, but I'm that, what was that C or B? I can't remember. Yeah. I, can't, I shouldn't have even put letters in front of him, but yes, you had a correct five. Oh, sweet. Five, okay. Yep. Yep. I so, think he hit, I want to say he hit 100, 200, 300, and 400 as a White Sox, and I think he hit 500 as a Blue Jay, maybe? Oh, really? Okay. I would not have gotten that one. <laughs> well, he's a well, favorite price, at Mark? Auburn, and I understand why he's beloved in Chicago as well. He's, he's a, a great athlete, but uh, a great human being, too. Absolutely. So uh, since you did so well on the trivia, we're going to be sending you some vintage Frank Thomas Hurt beer. I think it's about 15 <laughs> years old, but found some in the back of the garage. We'll be wow. sending that down your 15 way. 15 year old beer. <laughs> I can't, can't wait. Vintage. <laughs> it will it will go in my office, and I hope it doesn't explode on a hot day when my <laughs> air conditioner is not working. <laughs> yeah, it'll be lucky if it makes it down there in one piece. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That'll be fun. I'll look forward to the uh, to that collector's item. <laughs> well, thanks again, Mark. We really appreciate your time. It was a really fun uh, conversation. And thank you, everyone, for joining Kenny and myself for the Operation Automation Podcast. If you have topics you'd like to hear discussed on future episodes, please send them to our email address, omronnow at omron.com, with podcast idea in the subject line. Also, if you'd like to submit a song to us, we are still looking for intro and outro music options. This can be submitted to the same email. Finally, all the cool things you learn on this podcast can be found on automation.omron.com. Until next time, we put the fun in factory automation. Factory automation.